0: 72% of entrepreneurs are struggling with mental health. Most don't ask for help. Today is the day we change that. Today is the day we prioritize and destigmatize mental health. We are entrepreneurs, visionaries, high achievers, change makers. We defy the odds every single day. We dream the biggest dreams. We fail and fall flat on our faces. We get up and try harder. We believe in our ideas even when everyone around us doubts them. We are driven to find the solutions to the world's biggest problems. We speak because our voice matters. We show up because we make a difference. We share our most vulnerable stories because we know someone can finally find the courage to share theirs. And in our collective sharing, we rise, we heal, and we embody Brave Visibility.
1: In today's episode, we interviewed the wonderful presentation and confidence coach, Linda Ugalo. And we really dove deep into how you can get to a place of being truly relaxed on camera and on stage. We discussed the different types of sources of Fear that may be holding us back from really being our best selves um, whether it is on camera on a webinar during a live stream creating a video doing a podcast all those things and then we um, got into you know the different types of impacting experiences that we had in our life things like you know trauma or just really scary experiences that may have happened to us that have created fear and then that fear has then of course trickled into our businesses and um, maybe even paralyzed us in a way from doing the things we need to do in our business. We then spoke about beliefs that we have, you know, what we tell ourselves, what
2: we conclude, what we gather from social media and our culture, and how all of this affects the way we show up on stage or on camera in general, and how forgiveness and public speaking are so related. And we, of course, dove into tools like EFT and visualization, hypnosis, and self-hypnosis. And we really explored all of these things because as we spoke with Linda, she said, these are amazing strategies we can use to overcome fear.
1: Welcome to the Brave Visibility Podcast. We are so excited to have on our next guest today, Linda Ugalo. Um, Linda Ugalo is a presentation and confidence coach, and she helps um, all types of, you know, seasoned professionals, entrepreneurs, you know, overcome the fear of public speaking while communicating effortlessly and effectively across different type of media so maybe you're a person who wants to do webinars or you know on stage speaking she is the person that's going to help you have that confidence um, as a performer of 35 years and ha- with a master's degree in expressive therapies and movement studies she's been helping people get comfortable in their own skin for decades um, Linda is also a producer and And a host of the TV show Women Inspired. So thank you so much for being here, Linda. I feel honored to be with you too. So happy
2: to have you.
1: Yeah, and I've known you for a little while, Linda, and you actually did a, a guest training for one of my programs because we had some people who were having a lot of fears of really putting this stuff out there, doing webinar presentations in particular, and so I brought you on to be the expert to help us with that, and so really appreciate that, um, but I would love to, to really just kind of um, start going where it begins. I know, I know you have so much experience when it comes to performance. Um, you know, how did you really start to overcome you know, those fears of being on stage and public speaking and, and those sorts of things? Bring us back.
3: <laughs> yes. Well, I have to say that I never got over my fear of public speaking until 2015. Wow. And that's after decades of being a performer. I was always terrified, even to. So I sang, and it's a women's world music group. We sing music from around the world, and I was the principal dancer. I could not introduce a song without being terrified. And it would completely derail me for like four pieces ahead of time, just worrying about what it was going to feel like when I had to get up and introduce. So one of the things that I always believed was that you had to kind of push through fear in order to do the things that you want. Mm. But in 2015, I had an experience that completely changed my mind
1: Wow. And that
3: was getting on Periscope. Now, Periscope was one of the first live streaming apps before Mm -hmm. Facebook or, you know, Instagram or Snapchat, any of those. And I'm kind of like late to the game. And I thought, well, for this, I'm going to be an early adopter of this technology. And I was told you had to get on every single day if you wanted to build a following. So I determined I was going to do that. And I was... I was um, trying to build my business as a mindset coach at the time. So I, and I was definitely experimenting. I wasn't quite sure what my niche was. So I was doing lots of different things. And I thought, well, I'll try meditation. I'll try talking. I'll dance because I'm a dancer. I'll do all these different things and I'll see what comes out of it. So I was game to try, but I found that every single day when I, sat down to write my bullet points of what I was going to be doing, my heart was pounding ridiculously hard in my chest. Mm. And I, sometimes, it was so painful sometimes I thought I was really going to have a heart attack and I knew it was anxiety. At the end of the week, I, I called up um, a video mentor of mine, Holly Gillen and said, I'm terrified. Are you terrified? And <laughs> she said, Oh, Linda, everyone feels that way. After a hundred, you'll feel perfectly confident. And I thought, 100, okay, I'm going to brace myself and get ready for the fight. And I Googled Googled search, you know, how to get over your nerves. And I told myself, it's not about me, it's about the audience. And uh, fear is fuel to get energized. And I became like the queen of manifestation tech, um, not management techniques and mental reframes. And every day I would, you know, as I feel my heart pounding really hard, I would say, okay, power pose, check, shake it off, check, dance, and, you know, think, okay, I'm good now. And then a week later, you know, every single day doing that, and day 37, you know, my heart's still pounding, and same thing again, and this time, affirmations, and You know, later on, a few weeks, still doing it every day, my heart's still pounding and trying a a new technique, holding on to my amethyst and doing chakra meditations. I mean, I tried it all. And you know what? Every day I was able to get on. But I got to day 75 and I thought, why is my heart still pounding? You know, you would think that after 75 days, I'd feel somewhat more confident, but I didn't. And that's when I realized, you know, I'm showing up, but I hate the way this feels. Isn't there something I can do about it? Can't I get rid of this? And I stepped back and thought, okay, what are my tools? Because I've done a tremendous amount of self-help and personal development and therapy, and I have a master's degree in expressive therapies, and I just made a long list of everything I could possibly use. And the first thing I did was something called focusing. I closed my eyes and I said, "Okay, where is the fear in my body and what is it trying to tell me? What is it saying?" And what came back was, "I'm going to be attacked." And I thought, "Attacked? Have I ever been attacked?" And then I remember this this time when I was a kid that I had two older sisters and they were quote unquote bad girls because they were always talking back to my mom and she would yell at them saying, why can't you girls be more like Linda? And I remember inside myself thinking, no mom, don't say that. Don't put me in the center of attention. Then she would leave the room. My sisters would charge at me, kick me in the shins and yell, shut up, stupid. And I realized in that moment that I didn't feel comfortable being the center of attention, having all eyes on me, because I had learned really early on, it was dangerous. And once I realized that, I could use some of my tools to clear it away, like EFT, emotional freedom technique, otherwise known as tapping. I went back into that experience and I tapped on the way I felt and what was scary and what I was worried about. What I realized that I didn't just risk attack, but I risked losing love because if my mother gave me too much attention, I'd never get the love I craved from my older sisters. And then I I got really excited and I thought, okay, what else has happened in my life that might have made me feel like it wasn't safe? Because clearly the fear, I mean, what is fear? Fear is telling you you're not feeling safe. Okay, so... What's making you not feel safe? It seemed like so obvious to me afterwards. And yet I can't tell you how many people come to me saying, oh, I know. I mean, some people say I have no idea what it is, but other people say, oh, I know it's this, this, and that, but they don't do anything to change it because what I realize that it's not enough to know what happened. When we have memories, they imprint themselves. This is part of how we as humans operate. Memories imprint themselves in our neuropathways. So we have a, when you think of something that annoys you, that, that happened, you start getting annoyed again. You get tense and kind of a little anxious and you have the same emotions come up. And that's what happens for us. So if we had an experience in the past that gave us evidence that it's not safe to be in the center of attention or to um, have all eyes on you, that's going to get triggered every time. Now, what was amazing to me was that probably in the time that I spend on social media in a week, all my nervousness was completely gone. I my, didn't have that heartbeat anymore. Maybe, maybe like a little flittering, a passing flittering, but nothing that like really alarmed me. And I even heard myself say one day after a really hectic day, I got on Periscope and I... Uh, I was just chatting, you know, kind of randomly. And I said, you know, I feel so happy after this day that was so hectic that I just get to be here now and relax. I thought, ooh, relax on camera now. That's new. And that's when I realized that it's not about the practice. It's about getting over the fear. And those may have some overlap but they are not the same. They're not the same track.
2: I love it. I love it. So would you say, like, that's that's a beautiful story. So thank you for sharing that. And would you say there are, like, certain practices that helped you? I mean, you mentioned you did all sorts of things, like affirmations and, you know, uh, doing, like, all this chakra opening exercises and tapping and everything. Like, would you say there are certain, like, daily practices that you utilize that absolutely exponentially shift you into confidence?
3: Well, let me preface that. I will get to that, but let me preface that. To do practices, it's helpful to know why you're doing the practices and what they're for. For instance, people will do EFT for feeling afraid of being on stage. And it does have some effect, but it's not the same effect as if you do EFT on the cause of it. It's kind of like putting a Band-Aid on rather than looking at what's causing the problem. Yeah. So that's what I mean by that's what managing is about. It's different than dissolving it in the first place. When it's dissolved, you can do all those things and it puts you into a place of alignment, of feeling connected, of feeling ready, of kind of like peak experience, all of those things that I did. Whereas if you are still managing the fear, what those things are doing is going to managing the fear, and you don't get necessarily to those other places. It's much harder because you're always fighting, or trying to get through those obstacles, or or being pulled back to um, remedy that need for safety, safety and self esteem. So, what is behind the fear? This is what I have in these, you know, the the following three years have discovered is that the, the sources of the fear come from three areas. And I call this the psychic closet where we carry these things. It's like Carl Jung talked about the psyche and he explored the unconsciousness. And when that's something that I studied a lot in grad school. And I came up with this idea of the psychic closet because there's a lot of clutter in there, just like our closets. And our closets collect a lot of stuff that's not useful over time, and that's what we do also. We carry a lot of stuff throughout our lives that is cluttering, so we have to declutter. So, what are we decluttering? One are those impacting past experiences, like the one I described. The second one are beliefs that you have, and there are three kinds of ways that we develop beliefs, I believe. I believe, (laughs) Um, One are the things that people said to us that may be negative or positive that we absorb and we say to ourselves, oh, I'm talented, I'm good at this, or I'm stupid, or I'm ugly. All those things we start to tell ourselves because we heard other people tell them to us. But there are also things that we have concluded from our experiences. My mom can't wait till vacation is over so she can get back to her own stuff that must mean i'm a burden those kids didn't say hello to me back when i said hi to them i must be a nobody or i did bad on that test so i must be stupid i mean those are conclusions that we make from yeah. our experiences and the third source of beliefs are what we gather from the media and from our our families and cultures of like um, cultural beliefs that get passed on. Like it's not good to stand out or draw too much uh, attention to yourself. Don't brag. Children should be seen and not heard. Uh, as women, you shouldn't show yourself smarter than a guy. Or you know anything that might have been uh, believed with the people around you or that you get from the media, and you just kind of take it on as because you hear that's how it is and these beliefs all beliefs really are going to hit up against your dreams and desires and as you want to expand as an entrepreneur as you want to expand you know as a as a human being you're going to hit up against these beliefs unless you begin to examine what is what am i believing that's getting in the way from me getting what i want what am i believing that's getting in the way of me getting on video or getting on stage. What am I holding on to that I'm gonna to have to change in order to give myself permission to do this? It's the same with a money block or any other kind of block. It's a visibility block. And then the third thing are or is our inner dialogue. And the inner dialogue, it's not like these are unrelated, the inner dialogue, the beliefs and the past experiences, they're absolutely interweave together but there's this idea that we have this inner critic that cannot be changed we we have to manage i think that's nonsense i think we absolutely can change how we speak to ourselves just as we learn to communicate more effectively with our kids with our business associates with um our friends we can learn to communicate with ourselves with kindness and this is the problem if you are bullying yourself if you don't feel safe inside yourself you're not going to feel safe in front of other people so if you want to expand in your visibility you're going to have to well you do well you do much better you won't be dealing with the imposter syndrome or the not good enoughs and all, all this, you know, negative self-talk when you learn to speak to yourself with love.
2: I love that. I love that. That's beautiful. So these three things you mentioned, is this like part of a framework? Like, would you say these are like three things for, like, how would you
3: categorize them? I would, I don't have like a acronym for this, yeah. but yes, these are, okay. these are the three element. These are the three elements that I address when someone comes to me wanting to overcome their fear of getting on camera or speaking up, you know, in the, at the workplace or or any other kind of visibility where they feel like they're holding themselves back from what they want to do. Because this really it's not just for public speaking, but that's just the niche that I work with. Yeah. But it's for anyone who is feeling like they are they're hiding, they're hesitating, they're procrastinating because they're things. The thing is that whether or not you are addressing these things or not, they are operating in the background, just like background apps on a computer. And they're affecting you. They're keeping you from, from trying things. They're keeping you from what you think you're capable of or what you're willing to go after.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I know for myself from working with thousands of entrepreneurs, um, the sources of fear are very different for everyone. You know, there will be people who will come to me and they'll say they're too afraid to get out there because they're afraid of what their family's going to think about them, or their family's going to think they're just like a know-it-all, or their family's going to think that they're trying to show off in some way. Um, then there's other people where it's like actual trauma has happened to them because they spoke out and someone may have physically harmed them in some way or verbally harmed them. And so once people get to the source of the fear, what sort of tools could they use? Maybe you just have one or two tools that they can use to work through it once they actually figure that out. So it's not the surface level stuff, this deeper stuff what, when they find that source and they're like, okay, that's the reason why I'm feeling that my brother would smack me if I did this or whatever it is, you know, like once they find that out, like wh- how did they start working through that?
3: Yeah, let me get, let me answer that by telling you the story of one of my clients, Maria. So she, she was asked all the time for years by her boss, if she would do a webinar training and she was terrified to talk to more than two or three people at a time. Even though she's really personable and engaging in conversation one-on-one, she was totally terrified. And she reached out to me. She had five weeks to do this webinar. And even though she had known for six months, she had like avoided it because she was too scared. So she, when I asked her, when we started to go through you know, what may have caused that and what what things were going on in her history, the first thing she said was, oh my God, do I have to go through everything? But it actually only took two incidences that she remembered in order to kind of like clear the poison for her. One was she had a natural gift for singing and her parents uh, sent her to a music conservatory so that she could develop her voice. And she had the honor of, being in a master class and getting on stage with this renowned singing coach. And what she said was, he tore her singing apart phrase by phrase in front of 200 people. And she was so mortified and ashamed, and for the first time, afraid to sing, first time in her life. And that at her next recital, she froze in the middle couldn't find her way back in. She couldn't remember what she, the words or what she was just like in the state of fright. And she simply walked off the stage and she gave up. She never sang again. Wow. And then the second story was she is part of a large family, five brothers, I think. And her father trying to control the big clan had a weekly family meeting where he recited family meeting has begun, no more laughing, no more fun. If you show your teeth or tongue, there will be a forfeit. And she said her brothers would push and shove and they giggle and she saw them get punished. And it terrified her. And what she learned was, you know, what she concluded was, uh, if, I, if I speak up, I'm going to be punished. If I stay quiet, I'm safe. So those were the two stories that we worked with. So we started with the EFT tapping. And when you tap, you're you're tapping on different meridian points on the face while you are reviewing the experience, the things that you remember, the feelings that you had, the, the distress. And somehow there, there's something about the tapping that is kind of mesmerizing that is acknowledging, but at the same time changing the way you're telling the story, it interrupts the neurophysiology, I believe, and loosens the, uh, the emotional attachment from the event itself. That's my way of thinking that it, that it works. So we did a whole bunch of tapping around, around these, and then we added forgiveness mostly forgiving herself for not having any more resources, forgiving herself for giving up, for not knowing how to deal with a jerk of a coach. She did some forgiveness around him for not knowing how to be a better teacher. And when she came back the following week, she said, you know, I took a walk in the woods and maybe it was only two or three minutes and not 30 minutes. And Two or three minutes, I mean, that's like being in the dentist chair for three minutes. And maybe, you know, it just didn't feel like a big deal to her anymore. You know, just like a discomfort. I don't have to carry that around with me like a, like a ball and chain. And then the other thing she, we worked on was visualization. Because the thing is that if you have a a habit in your body of contracting, so fear is a contraction, confidence and ease is a feeling of expansion. But if you have a habit of always contracting, of kind of like your body saying no, that's not going to serve you. Even after the the fear is gone, you can fall back into that same pattern because you haven't created a new pattern. So visualization is a wonderful way of creating new patterns. You can do visualization in many ways. It's also called hypnosis. You can use it to imagine yourself feeling just the way you want to feel. This is one of the things we did. So she imagined the computer in front of her and feeling calm and composed. All the things that she said she wanted, we put in the visualization. And whenever in the, those weeks moving up, now we didn't do anything about you know preparation. She said, I know what I'm talking about. I just didn't know how to deal with you know how I feel about it. So during the weeks as she prepared, every time she would begin to feel that old habit of, like, oh my God, she would say, Oh, that's my signal to practice this new pattern. And she would go into her visualization for a few minutes, feel like really, you know, smooth and at ease. And When she got to that day, that's how she felt, smooth and at ease. She said she felt so composed. Even when the computer battery, which she had forgotten to plug in, was about to go, that would have totally derailed her in the past. But she said, hey, guys, hang on a minute. I've got to plug in my computer. And 70 people showed up. They stayed a half an hour after she was done to... Discuss her ideas, everyone was so excited. her boss said, "Will you do this again?" And she said, "Yes." And she told me it was so fun, really fun. And two years later, I just I just um, followed up with her recently a month ago, and she said, "You know, the fear's never returned, and now her job has evolved to where she does a lot of facilitation of large groups, 40 people at a time, and it's like what she loves to do best. Now what I want to point out about this is she did not do five or 25 or 50 webinars to get rid of her fear. No. She was rid of her fear at the very first one. And that's why I say practice is not the panacea for fear that we think it is. No. Hmm. Addressing the fear, addressing the roots of the fear, is what is going to make you feel more comfortable and confident.
2: I love that distinction because I think a lot of people think, you know, that 10,000 10, uh, hour rule and, um, or 10,000 times. So you're saying like to get rid of fear, it's not the practice. It's just knowing how to get rid of it.
3: Yes. Now that's not to say you're not going to get a heck of a lot better at what you do by putting in the of time. Course. I, I do not feel afraid of being on stage right now, but I am still working my butt off to get better better at it, to get better at my delivery, to get better with my content. To,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, to, it's not like we stop growing, Sure, mm-hmm. but you have the capacity to grow in ways that you didn't have before because while you are dealing with the fear, all of your mental bandwidth and energy gets sucked up. It's like a black hole that you're just managing and you can't really progress in the same way.
1: Yeah. And I I think a lot of, you know, even coaches and and people in the entrepreneur space, they just tell people, oh, just do it. Just do it a bunch of times. Just do it. You know, after the 10th time, it's just going to be, you know, you're going to be amazing at it. It's going to be great. But the thing is, is like, I kind of plowed through like doing online presentations and, you know, like, but I didn't have the fear of them to begin with. Like I wasn't scared of it, you know? So it, it was like, oh, this is just chill. I mean, someone could be like, hey, Kimra, you have a webinar in 30 minutes. I'll be like, all right, cool. Like I'll do it, you know? Like, like because I'm just, I don't have any of those fears around it. I can just go. And so I think that, you know, it's that sort of stuff has been kind of damaging almost in the entrepreneur space, especially that people just say, oh, just plow through things because people, I mean, they have fears of even sending out an email to their list. You know, people have a lot of fears around all sorts of things that are things that are important and crucial to growing our businesses, Um, especially being on camera, especially um, being able to talk to large groups of people, because if you can only work, one-on-one with clients, how eventually are you going to be able to scale your business or create digital programs or, you know, so there's a lot of things that can hold people back. So what would you say to someone who, you know, who right now, you know, came to you, they knew that they were having, you know, fears, um, where, where would you direct them? Where would you guide them? Where would they find some resources, on you know because we love our podcast to be a resource for people. So where would where would they be able to find some resources where they can kind of get started, maybe with tapping or with with other things?
3: Well, there, a tapping is something that you can go on YouTube and find ten thousand um, tapping experiences. And what the good thing about that is that you become familiar with the different ways that you can tap because everybody who does tapping does it a little differently. The caution I would put about that is the expectations that you have for those tappings to be fully effective because I have, I've tried them myself because I, you know, I have places that I'm trying to, to change. And I found that they're just not as effective when they are generalized than when they're really specific. So you can look at those and see the general gist, but then I recommend being creative and trying it out yourself and using your specific feelings, your specific circumstances to structure and outline the process for yourself. And I think that you'll you can have absolute you know success doing it for yourself. i I had for years, um, a compulsive disorder f- pulling my hair. And I did all kinds of things. I did hypnosis with somebody and it worked for a while. And I did transformational kinesiology with somebody and it worked for a while. And then I did EFT on myself and I stopped it for, it did, I didn't do f- any hair pulling for 17 years and it was amazing. I was so thrilled. And then it actually came back a few years ago when I I think I overloaded my circuit with taking too many online courses. (laughs) I I literally was pulling my hair out. It was like, it was too much room. And again, I tried to go to other people to solve it. And I had limited success. I had some success, but ultimately what got me to stop again was when I said, okay, Linda, just sit down and for a week do EFT on this. And it didn't even take a week. It took, I don't know, three or four days and and then I I I think it's been since last October I haven't been pulling my hair so yay, uh so that's awesome. I I say you know experiment it's not, you're not going to hurt yourself doing AFT it's a process of introspection and self awareness and experimentation so that's that's one thing that I would highly recommend another thing that you can explore is Visualization or self-hypnosis, where you and for years I did this for years. I don't know where I came about this process, must have been something I read in a book in the 80s. But exclusively, how I used to use it was when I had a meeting with my music group, actually. (laughs) And we had a lot of tough meetings because we've had a lot of, a lot of craziness that we had to get to. We had a lot of dysfunction in the group over the years. And I was petrified of going to meetings. I, I, you know, my speaking fear had a lot to do with not understanding what was going on. I'd go into a state of freeze because of I grew up in a family where there's a lot of yelling and it was really scary for me. So whenever I heard people disagree or be angry at each other, I would just become frozen and I I couldn't understand what was going on. So I used visualization to imagine how I wanted to feel at the meeting. And it was such a simple process. I would just say, I close my eyes, I kind of relax myself, and I say, Okay, I'm going into the meeting, and we're really kind to each other. We're listening with understanding. And I see at the end of the meeting, we give each other a hug. It was a simple thing, just like that. And I can't tell you, those meetings, when I did that kind of visualization, those meetings came out so well. I felt so good. It's as if we are. Already pre paving the way for it to happen inside ourselves. And so I think that visualization is a super powerful process that you can do on your own. If you don't feel, you know, confident in doing that or creative um, and you want one for speaking confidence, I actually have a guided visualization for speaking confidence that I can give you the link to. But for anything that you do, even if you have to sit down and send out emails, if you, if you have to learn some kind of um, new online app, you can spend a few minutes thinking. Okay, I'm going to feel relaxed. You know how things you can get so stretched stressed out over these things, but you don't have to. If you like, think about how you want to feel, and allow that that sense of feeling to kind of penetrate your your neurophysiology. You know, your whole feeling, and just feel it in all your cells and tissues. And then you go do the task and you are you you automatically start addressing, you know, whatever is before you in that way.
2: I love that. I
3: love that. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. That. And you said you have a link to share with us. Yes. So the guided visualization for speaking confidence, you can get on my website, lindayugolo.com forward slash. Speaking Confidence, or it's actually on my homepage. So if you just go to com, you'll find it.
2: Awesome. Awesome. We're going to be having all of those resources down below in the podcast. And uh, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Any yeah. final thoughts? Any final things that you feel would be beneficial to our listeners?
3: It might be a maybe one mindset or a mental reframe that I would suggest. I was thinking about imposter syndrome this morning and how imposter syndrome is kind of like, you know, if it's the idea that we aren't who people think we are, which is really probably we aren't who we think we are, it would be the antidote for that is to give ourselves permission to just be where we are at you know, that we are where we are in the journey and to to honor that and get in a place of wonderment about it. Like, wow, this is a human experience that we're having. And we start off as little babies and and then we, you know, we evolve and grow. And this is where I am now. And this is really a cool place to be. And I get to do all of these things. And even if you are in the company of people that you you know, look up to and admire. You can think, wow, how cool is that? So I think this this place of self-acceptance, of giving ourselves permission to be just where we are and not feeling like we are supposed to be somewhere else will, will go a long way in allowing you to feel good about where you are in this moment. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Linda. I was so glad to be here with the two of you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you.
0: Thank you for lending us your ears. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review so we know we're not talking to ourselves. If you love this episode and would like to dive deeper into healing your mind, body, and soul, make sure to check out BraveVisibility.com forward slash circle to join our membership. Every month we'll provide you with new trainings and resources on maintaining a healthy mind and most of all a safe space to share and grow. Go to BraveVisibility.com forward slash circle where you can have full access for $20 a month. Remember to use hashtag BraveVisibility when sharing this episode online. Follow us on social media at BraveVisibility and catch us on the next episode. Till then, live bravely.